Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Welcome to Crime Time, a podcast discussing all things crime, thriller, horror, suspense, and mystery fiction. This is season three, episode one. Have I'm some fun. That's Eddie. Hey. Welcome. Oh my god, you guys, season three. Who would have thought it? Hello. Not me. I'm freaking out. Okay, first up, I'm starting my honors year this year, so I'm going to be heck busy. We're going to monthly podcasts. It's going to be great. We're going to keep the level of quality. In fact, I'm going to say we're going to pump the quality. We're going to take it up to 150. Boom, turn it up to 11. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this week, we want to have a massive shout out and thank you to our latest patron supporter michelle baker hello thank you michelle thank you michelle you are amazing i hope you like this episode yeah just for you and everyone else (laughs) (laughs) and guys if you want to become a patron go to our website crimetimepod.com and click on that little orange patreon icon yeah this episode we are talking about sue grafton we're talking about rachel kane who you might remember from uh some previous episodes i love her all right all right (laughs) chill a bit i love her chill a bit Right. And uh, we have the return of everybody's favorite segment, or at least mine. Sexy Sexy or or scary. Well, we should make a theme song, like woo. We should. Okay. Like like a like a wolf howling and it's like, is it sexy or is it scary? Crime time's excellent segment about this really weird thing. And then I'll do a saxophone solo. I'll chuck it in in the editing case. Amazing, I'll thank do it. you. Yeah. When I you guys just... are listening to this, you're going to be like, what? There's already a song. Amazing. I can't believe Eddie plays saxophone so well. <laughs> I'm going to need a saxophone and some saxophone lessons. Well, we can organize that. That could be your uh, 2018 resolution. Oh, hello. Do you have any resolutions? Well, while we're talking about it, let's get into it. Tell me. I don't know about resolutions, but I guess goals. Right. All right. Hashtag goals. Goals. I want to read some more books. Hello. Yeah. You might be aware of this, but I want to play a bit more futsal. Hello. Indoor soccer time fun. Yeah. Uh, We went and played futsal last week and uh, I'm not going to lie. It's been seven days and I'm still sore. (laughs) I am not fit. And you know what, guys? This is my goal for 2018 in all seriousness. Uh Ready for it? I'm ready. Show up. Show up. That's all you have to do. That's a great goal. I have this theory that like 80% of the hard work is just like showing up to the thing. Yeah. Whether that be like writing it or like going somewhere or meeting someone. Yeah. Just show up. I'm into it. Do you want to hear my resolution here? Go on. You know what? I reckon just like kick goals. You know what I'm saying? And not necessarily kick the goals, but just like kick at the goals. You know what I'm saying? Like not putting pressure on myself to be successful. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like put in the hard work and be happy about that. Love it. That's what I'm into. I love it. Yeah. All right. Boom. It got a bit deep and I'm uncomfortable. Let's Let's move on. Some of you might have heard that the absolutely wonderful Sue Grafton passed away. Very, very, very sad. It's, yeah, it's the end of an era, I oh think. Oh my gosh, So, for those of you who haven't heard of Sue Grafton, she wrote the Alphabet Mysteries, are yeah. they mysteries? Something like that. Yeah. yeah, so they follow Kinsey Malone, who is just a kick-ass... Tough private detective. Yeah. 
tough motherfucker. I think that's a really good way of describing her. Kicked out of the police force. For being too, like, rowdy and rough. Too rowdy and rough, and so she started her own private detective agency. Right. We got from all the way from A is to alibi, all the way through to Y is for yesterday. And this is something that's really touching, is um, Sue Grafton's daughter was talking about how her mum had never liked ghost writers, and she said this thing that, I'm not going to lie, it made me a bit teary that the alphabet ends with Y. I love it. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. I think it's a really fitting ending. And, you know, it also just means that Kinsey's out there. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no ending. Yeah. And I think that that's really beautiful. And also that she's such an institution that we can say, yeah, the alphabet ends with Y. Exactly. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Funnily enough, I actually bought Y's for yesterday, two days before I heard that she passed away. Aww. So I felt really happy that I had the book. I'll do a proper review once I finished it, mm-hmm. but it's so Kinsey. So should we talk about some of our favorite Kinsey moments? Let's do it. Let's let's get this a little bit more upbeat. Because okay. I think we should celebrate Sue Grafton's just like greatness. Yeah. So what was the first thing that you read or felt in a Kinsey book when you were like, I love this book? So obviously I started at A. Of course. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm not like some people (laughs) who just start in the middle of a series. I've read them all (laughs) willy-nilly. And I started reading it and first of all, it had this little foreword about Sue Grafton. And so this for me, I think, was the moment when I thought, I've got something special right here in my hands. I know what you're going to say and I agree. Keep going. Yeah. So I'd been seeing these books everywhere in like, you know, secondhand bookstores. You just see them constantly and you're like, oh, wow, that looks like, you know, a whole alphabet. Great. And um, so I picked up A's for Alibi after finally tracking it down. Mm-hmm. And I opened it up and in this like little foreword about Sue Grafton, it said that she went through a bad divorce. She decided that if she killed her ex-husband, she'd just get caught. That wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be good. So she decided to write about it, <laughs> which I just think... What a great, what a great start to something. Like I think, you know, something's ending or maybe beginning. And I think that that's beautiful. And she was like, you know, what's going to be a really good outlet? Writing these fucking awesome books. (laughs) Right? I wish that happened to me when something shit happened in my life. Like I'd just be like, boom. Oh, I guess I'll just invent something really cool or like write something amazing. Or just redirect that mad energy somewhere else. (laughs) I love really simple things about her books, like her ongoing relationship with her landlord slash best friend, Henry. Yes. And he's like, I think he's like 90 now. Yeah. And he bakes bread and he like takes care of her and they have a really loving mutual relationship. I love that he's a crossword setter. Yeah. It's so good. Like I recently got into crosswords, like cryptic crosswords. I'm really bad at them. Um, And just him kind of, I don't know, putting so much work into these cryptic crossword questions makes me feel a little bit better about the amount of work I have to put into (laughs) solving them. And I think Sue Grafton in her books did something so wonderful. Like, you know, there's usually like this ongoing romance that culminates in I don't know, whatever. But her, she had a lot of like friends in her books and men that she'd had like uh, relationships with, but continued to have friendships with, even though they were complicated. Yeah. And they were around for the rest of the series and they're around in Wise for Yesterday. Amazing. And she's such an independent character. She takes care of herself, she mm-hmm. works on her own schedule, she takes care of her finances. <laughs> yeah. She goes for runs and then she talks about how much she loves eating like McDonald's burgers afterwards. <laughs> it's ideal. Yeah. I think Kinsey Malone is one of my favorite favorite 
characters in crime. She's really consistent, first of all. So, you know, you never pick up a book and think, that's not very Kinsey. Or if it's not very Kinsey, Kinsey is like, that wasn't very me. I also just think, you know, she is this really complicated, deep character. Like, I don't agree with everything she does. I think she's mad judgmental. I think that's part of what we love about her. Yeah, yeah. Kinsey, come on. Like, she's such a bitch. I love her. Stop shaming that other woman, Kinsey. Right? It's just part of her character. Yeah. And you don't have to love it or hate it completely. You can just take her as she is. Yeah, absolutely. Some things that I really love are just some really... Like unrealistic things mm. in in Kinsey's life. So first of all, she cuts her own hair with nail scissors. No, she doesn't. She does. <laughs> and it's disgusting. And everyone's always like, oh, you look nice. I'm like, not with nail scissor hair. Come on. <laughs> Come on. And she has this dress. This is like little black dress that she's always describing as like doesn't need ironing, just looks perfect all the time. But at some point, I think it's maybe in Jay is for Justice. I'm not sure which book it is. Anyway, there's this one woman who's like, Kinsey, you got to get rid of that dress. <laughs> So you suddenly get this feeling that Kinsey's a bit of an unreliable narrator when it comes to fashion. She's like, I look great. And everyone else is like, I love that her house has literally been blown up, but that little black dress is somehow still alive. (laughs) It's too much. I'm like, what is it made of, Kevlar? I guess we just want to say thank you to Sue Grafton for bringing such joy to our lives. Absolutely. And... On a, on a kind of heavy note for bringing this podcast to the airwaves. For sure. Like, I think that the kind of beginnings of this podcast was you and I talking about Sue Grafton, talking about Kinsey Malone, just nonstop. Pretty much as we are now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then your partner was like, guys, uh, go do this somewhere else. <laughs> so we did it somewhere else, plus microphone. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Crime Time. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. So thank you, Sue Grafton. Yeah. I hope you're up there kicking goals. Let's go into something a bit more cheery so that I can quietly dry my tears. Okay. Rachel Kane. Rachel Kane. Last episode, I talked about Stillhouse Lake. That's true. I remember there was hackers. There was cryptocurrency. There was some mysteries, some stalkers, secret identities, covert ops. I was loving it. And then you said it ended on a cliffhanger. It did. Whew. So should we say right now, if you're talking about the sequel here, Kilman Creek, mm-hmm. should we say spoiler warning? I'm going to press the spoiler warning button right now. So I can't talk about this book without talking about what went down in the previous book. And I wouldn't say it's part two. It's a separate book entirely. Okay. But we were left on such a cliffhanger. As I said, I can't discuss the second book without referencing everything that happened in the first book. Okay. So, so what we've got to do is we've got to put our spoiler warning hats on mm-hmm. and we've got to get ready to get spoiled. Or pause this right now. Run over, read Steelhouse, like come back, or alternatively, skip ahead a few minutes. Exactly. I would really recommend going and reading the book. Hopefully you've read it already because, guys, I raved about it so much. I'd be really disappointed if you didn't get out there and yeah, read it. Yeah, you had heaps of time. But I love you. I forgive you. We can move on. <laughs> I think we had at least one tweet from someone saying that they'd picked it up. For so. sure. Amy Rennie, my favorite. Hello, Amy. Well, you can listen to this next part because you're fine. <laughs> I also know that Amy has read this book, so she may or may not agree with my take on it. Hello. Which is, it's fabulous. Oh, It's even better than the first one. Wow. Okay, so, 
stop. You told me the other day that Rachel Kane doesn't even write crime. This is her first crime. Look, I, you can fact check it. I did a quick squiz on the internet, mm-hmm. but it seems that she has a history of writing science fiction, kind of fantasy wow. stuff. Wow. So she's just gone from one genre where she's probably killing it. I can't say, but given how good this is. And then she's just like jumped into this other one and just been like, blam, blam. So it's one of my favorite books of the year, of last year. Amazing. Mm. That's so cool. I know. It's like when debut authors just like knock out something that's like fucking brilliant. Like Jilly McMillan. Right. Mm. Last episode we had a fun game where you tried to guess Gina Royal's new name. Yeah. So okay. just, just, okay, if you've read it, if you haven't read it, I'll just give you a brief uh, rundown. Gina Royal, suburban housewife, you know, pretty vulnerable, pretty naive. Yeah. Uh, finds out that her husband is a sadistic serial killer. Fucked up. It's horrible. He goes to prison. Good one. She gets tried as an accomplice. Oh, dang. He's let off. Okay, cool. Public ain't happy about that. Oh, no, we got those armchair detectives. Got those armchair detectives, like chasing down her and her kids. Not cool. No. Is there an evil podcast? There's no podcast. Like, is it like serial, but the like hosts are called like Shmee and Shmeddy? Great idea. Rachel Kane, why are you going to do us this way? Let's put a pin in that. We'll, we'll come back to that, that idea. Okay. <laughs> Rachel Kane, please feature us in your next super cool novel. <laughs> so she has to keep changing her name and mm-hmm. her kid's name and moving about. Okay. And we had a guess. We had a bit of a guess along about yeah. what her name would be. And, and, and can I just... All right, ready. <laughs> Eddie. Wrong. Okay, okay. Jimothy. Wrong. It's Gwen. <laughs> Gwen. Gwen. Oh, that's a good one. So Gina Royale is now Gwen. Mm-hmm. And in the first book, she'd moved to somewhere. She'd started setting up a new life with Still her kids. Still House Lake. Still House Lake. She'd met a man that she was interested in. She's getting her life, you know, kind of back on track. Do we need to put spoiler warning buzzer right here? Spoiler warning buzzer again. You're into the depths of it. Melvin Royal was locked up, obviously. Okay. And he's awaiting he's a death. He's on death row. Ha. Right? But he's somehow from the inside, he's he's sending out messages and whatnot. Gross. Uh, he has he ends up having um, a collective of people kind of as his minions, I guess. Gross. Because this is the thing, hey, people who are like, um, contact people on death row and they're like, I'm your biggest fan. Yes. It's really, yes. look, I'm not judging, but also I'm judging. Well, I watched, okay, I watched a documentary on this and it seems to be, I don't want to like judge. It's primarily what I watched was women getting in contact with male serial killers. Yeah. And like just loving them. But they seem really, really vulnerable. Yeah. So I just think, let's just leave that over there. Yeah. They're making decisions that might not be in their best interest. Yeah. But maybe we can't really understand it. Good call. Yeah. Very sensitive. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad that you are a nice person. <laughs> Eddie, however, is not. Eddie's like, I'm horrified. As am I. Okay. Anyway, so these people have obviously gotten in touch somehow. I don't know. This is what was in the first book and started enacting things out in his name. Gross. Which ended in uh, a man who we thought we could trust in the town <gasps> kidnapping the kids in the story. No. And holding them. Ransom. Ransom. Well, not ransom, but... Holding them. Kidnapping them. Gwen, kick-ass motherfucker that she is... Right, Saves right. them. Oh, my God. She hacks into the mainframe. Yeah. All right. We won't reveal how she saves them, but is that the cliffhanger? That was the cliffhanger alongside the fact that Melvin Royal had escaped from prison. No. So we enter the next novel. Right. Okay. 
How much time? How much time has elapsed? Uh, it's 14 days. Oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah. we're right on the heels we're, we're, of this. We're still there. Boom. Uh, this is like when um, Patricia Cornwell had that one where uh, Kay Scarpetta like shoots the perp and like he's like in her like front yard or like she doesn't shoot him. He's like, I'm going to kill you. And she's like, I kick the shit out of you. I tip acid on your face or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. She like tips acid on him. And then the next book is literally like two minutes after that. I love that. And they're like, they pick her up. They're like, what's going on? She goes to her friend's house and like, it's all in like uh, present tense. Love it's it. a very tense novel. I wouldn't say which one it is, but oh boy. And I heard a few people on Goodreads kind of dragging Rachel Kane about uh, ending a book on such a cliffhanger because it's not a book in itself. But I just think I just picked one up after the other and I just right, loved it. Right, right. Because I think that you're allowed to end something on a cliffhanger as long as there is a sequel in the works. And also that there's been some kind of resolution. She yeah. saved her kids. But He's then we have run. this kind of like, ooh, the end or is it? Exactly. Which I love. Yeah. So Gwen decides, I'm sick of running. Oh, dang. So... Her and her bestie, who she's having a romantic kind of situation with. Okay, I like it. Uh, they put the kids somewhere safe. Okay. And then they go on the hunt for Melvin Royal. Oh my god. And I'm not actually going to reveal what happens in no, this book. No, Because I want people to read it. Oh my gosh, you guys, if you liked Stillhouse Lake, jump on this right now. Do you feel like, you know, all of the tension from Stillhouse Lake, you're like, Kilman Creek really, like, brought it? Do you feel like it was a one-two punch? Let us know. But I just need to say, cryptocurrency, the dark net, queer characters, trans characters, yeah. young queer relationships that just work. Oh my God, I love it. It's everything I love. Yeah. Also, we were talking about this the other day, that all of the characters just feel really real. They do. And I think that that's something that's so lacking in, like, crime, first of all. Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest, like, crime fiction often, you know, puts itself on these really lazy archetypes, these really lazy stereotypes. And often when there's, like, characters with, like, diverse backgrounds and stuff like that, they're really thin. Mm-hmm. And and I just, you know, it gets tiring having to fill in the blanks. But this sounds like you don't have to fill in the blanks because they're just whole people already. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what you're saying. So, you know, the famous Dumbledore, J.K. Rowling came out and said, oh, he's gay. Right, but right, But you wouldn't right. know that in the book unless you were queer and you're reading through the subtext and you're like, I've got to find something that represents me. Right? Yeah, exactly. But this is not what's happening in this book. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not some kind of, like, afterthought. Yeah, and I really love that this is a thriller murder mystery adventure novel uh-huh. but I feel like first and foremost it's a it's it's about like relationships and I think that this is the thing that really good crime thriller horror suspense really nails because ultimately we're relational beings like humans exist in networks of relationships and if you want a cool crime fiction you gotta have real relationships in it mm-hmm. um And that's not to say that you can't, like, do some cool, like, subversion of expectations where everyone's, like, really two-dimensional and it's, like, amazing. Like, I'm not trying to, like, say that's bullshit because I love me some trash. I love me some experimental fiction. But I think that if you just have a really cool plot but cardboard characters, I just don't – I'm not going to keep reading long enough to get your cool plot. Yeah, make it a whole piece. Yeah. Rachel Kane, you did so well. Five out of five. Boom. Please bring out the next one. Five Bitcoin out of five. Five Bitcoin out of five. Amazing. That's and a lot of, that's, that's a, that's that's a a lot lot of money. Of yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, if you want to, you could uh, write in some cool podcasters in your next book. Yeah. Consider. (laughs) All right. We've got these two really cool podcasters. There's one called, I'm going to say, Freddy. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yep. And there's one called... Glee. Glee. And uh, Freddie's like super cool, probably has some cool gunslinging like <laughs> skills. <laughs> also, maybe a bit of a hacker, a bit of a ladies man. And then Glee, oh, a little bit gonna... more coolness. <laughs> really clumsy, I'd say. Uh, bit of a nerd. Makes a lot of mistakes. Lots of mistakes. Um, I'm going to say... Uh, sits on something pointy at some point. It's like, oh no, my bum. <laughs> okay, Rachel, can take that with a grain of salt. Think about who really is the cool guy in this podcast and do what you will. It's ready. We're coming to the pointy end of the podcast. The important end of the podcast. The bit that everyone might have been waiting for. The critical moment where we ask the hard-hitting questions that everybody wants answers to. And those questions, they have intense ramifications for just life. Yeah. And that is sexy Sexy or or scary. scary. Okay, so, boom. Let me pose to you straight up. Ready? Yep. Pennywise from It. Sexy or scary? Like the remake? Any version you like. That's, oh, tell me. Tell me. Do you think book, TV series, or film, d- is there a difference as to um, whether they're sexy or scary? Um, no. I feel similarly about them all. Okay. But in my mind, I'm going to hold Pennywise in the most current adaptation. Okay. You're a hip guy. I'm a hip guy. And I'm going to say hideous. Right. Not sexy at all. Right. So just straight up scary. And it's not even that I have like a clown phobia or anything like that. I know no. a lot of people do. And, you know, the Clown Association of America has come out and blamed Stephen King for that. Right. I don't think it can rest on one man's shoulders alone. I mean, it is Stephen the King King. True. But I just think it's, it's for me, I don't know if you remember this, but we were sitting in the cinema watching mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It. It. And... <laughs> Pennywise comes running at the screen out of like a projector. Yes. And I just nearly wet myself. I screeched. In disgust. <laughs> in disgust. I was quite scared. I have to say, for me, I just don't think it's um, like he, he hurts children. And that to me is fundamentally unsexy. Yeah. No, I see your point. Yeah. 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 It's scary. Uh, and for me, just from an aesthetic level, not sexy. No, I'm you're not. I'm going to say scary. 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 That's okay. my final. Boom. Okay. All right. Throw one at me. Okay. Right. Garden fairies okay. that have been blown up to human size. Right. Okay. So we're talking the fair folk here. <laughs> Is that what we're saying? Fair. All right. Well, I got to say, aesthetically speaking, generally, I would say they're often dr- depicted yes. as quite sexy. Yeah. But here's the thing that I have with the fair folk. I love that you even have a thing with the fair folk. Okay. Go on. I'm riveted. <clears throat> so with the fair folk... Everything that they do is a literal contract. So oh. if you say to them, um, you know, I'll give you this in exchange for that, they will take that super literally. So if you do a favor for the fair folk, they will be in your debt, right? Yeah. But if they do a favor for you, you will be in their debt. And they are fucked up scary. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like... Is it a bit like Rumpelstiltskin? 
Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully. Like, I'll take your first board. Like, that kind of shit. Just don't fuck with the fair folk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you're Both not literally and figuratively. <laughs> like, I'm just going to say, if you had some sexy times with the fair folk, they might take that as an exchange of some kind. Wow. And what if you weren't quite up to par? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, do they see it as a favor to them or a favor to you? <laughs> because it could be not great. So I'm getting a scary picture right now. I think they're quite scary, to be honest, because they're like the mob. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're like a big organized crime kind of a thing. <laughs> But like magical, yeah. I don't know. I've read a lot of Jim Butcher guys. It's it's not sexy. Love it. <laughs> I'm gonna say scary. What do you think? Uh, well, originally I was gonna say like a little bit sexy. Right. I was thinking like Tinkerbell. <laughs> I mean, okay. Like fully grown because I don't know what fair folk look like. But you have obviously done a lot more research than <laughs> I have. And after hearing your description, I'm gonna say. I'm not going there. Yeah, I'm don't go scary. there. I don't want to be in no magical contract. Right? With anyone. Exactly, exactly. If you go to a realm with the fair folk in it, do not eat anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do not accept any gifts. Okay. Because they're not gifts. Also, just stay the fuck away from circles of mushrooms. You know what I'm saying? Just like be fucking like logical about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, last I got one. this in hand. I got this in hand. <laughs> All right. Ooh, let me think of a good one. All right. Let's go out on a high note. Let's go out on a high note. Okay. So I'm going to say, because I feel like this is a thing that some people are into. Okay. You know, The Conjuring 2. Yes. I'm very familiar with it. The Scary Nun. Yes. Who I've already just said is scary, yeah, right? Yeah. But I feel like some people are into nuns. Like, there's a sexy nun is yeah, a thing. So, the scary nun from The Conjuring. Uh, Would you go there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. I have two, uh, two ideas that I'm following at the moment. Okay. One is... That nun is heck scary in that it's film. Heck scary. I'm I similarly revolted as I am by uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pennywise. Similarly... I have a respect for nuns. <laughs> Look, that's fair. I worked with a nun once. Like, as you might know, I have no connection to religion or I yep. was not raised yep. in that sense at all. But I worked with a nun once and I loved her so much and I yeah. respected and valued her so much. And there was this uh, aura about her. So I feel even rude even discussing this. So okay. I'm just oh. going to say scary. <laughs> all right, fair. Yeah, well, I think that in The Conjuring too. There's something very profane about a demon showing itself as a nun. Yes. You know what I mean? And I, I, I tend to agree with you. Like, I don't think that the sexy nun phenomena, if you will, phenomenon, phenomenon. <laughs> is uh, particularly, you know, respectful. Like, I live your best life. I'm not judging. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I yeah, I think that obviously, like, nuns are so committed to, yeah. especially like, you know, chastity and that kind of yeah, thing. I'm yeah. like, well, making them sexy is maybe a bit rude. Because I feel like there's a dichotomy. You've either got uh, kind of mean nuns that you hear about. Yeah. That yeah. Not good. And then you've got like really virtuous, lovely nuns. Yeah. So either way, I'm just going to take a hard pass. Right. Okay. Except here's my one exception. Ready? Go. Yep. Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act. Because she's not really a nun. Right? You know what I'm saying? There I'm going to say, and I'm going to end on this note, Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act 2 sexy yeah and in sister act one <laughs> sister act two was my favorite yeah, yeah. no it's, it's it's ideal yeah yeah so on that note whoopee if you're listening get in touch give us a call <laughs> 
So that's it. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And if you guys want to tell us what you think is sexy or scary, or if you want to suggest some stuff for us, get in touch with us on Twitter, Crime Time Pod. And uh, yeah, shoot us an email, crimetimepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Give us a rating on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast, which we're all about. Yeah. Plus, it makes us feel real chuffed. I won't lie. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, see you next time. See ya.